This is episode number six, everyone. Yay! Yay. <laughs> We're at episode six. Thanks, guys, for listening and tuning in. We are your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. What's up, girls? What's going on? How's it going? It's going really well. I am Happy New so Year. Yes, Happy New Year. Year. Yeah, have we yeah. not done one before? I don't even know. No, yeah, <laughs> we have, we've done one. Oh, okay. episode Episode five. In the New Year? Really? Yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry. My <laughs> mind is all over the place. I'm like, did we celebrate New Year yet? No. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I am suffering with all this crazy rain that's going on here in Southern California that I am not used to. And yes, we need it. And yes, I'm thankful for it. But I am not happy. <laughs> the rain puts me in such a positive mood. Yeah. I've just been, I, I've been so happy. Like, legit. Like, even walking in the cold-ass rain, I'm still, yep. I'm good. Nope, I'm cold and that makes me not happy. <laughs> <laughs> for me, I, I like the rain only because I don't have to water any plants. Not that I do, I am yeah. telling them anyway. <laughs> but now they're, like, nice and, and green and yeah. bright and everything, so... That that's exciting to me. It looks different because usually everything's like pretty dead. <laughs> yes, my front yard was pretty dead until all of this rain, and now it's full and lush and green, and it's nothing but weeds. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it's true. I feel the same way. I'm like, it's weeds, but it looks so pretty. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> better than just dirt. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> definitely. So, do we have uh, any good chisme de la semana this week? Um, I have a chisme. Um, I actually, I just went on a cruise. Um, oh, and, yeah. And uh, the chisme that pertains to our geekdom here is that I got to go to this place called El Eden. Um, El Eden translates in English to Eden. Um, and it's this place up, um, it's pretty far away from the docks where the, the cruise ship docks, but um, it's actually where they filmed Predator. <laughs> We got to you got to go there. There's a waterfall and there's like a swimming hole and they actually made um, like a restaurant and they serve beer so you're able to eat, hang out, drink and then now they just started putting a bunch of um, um, what is it called zip lines. Oh, so cool. there's a really tall one, there's a medium, and there's a smaller one and it's like you would see people sipping on top of you while you're swimming. Uh, but the cool part and the part that pertains to you know being geeky. Geeked out. Um, they actually really um, took the whole movie and went a whole extra step. They actually have like a broken down um, helicopter there that you could take pictures oh, with. Oh wow! Ooh. And they have two guys that dress up like predators. So <laughs> and they do. I mean, hey. yeah, and they go all out. Like there's this one picture where my husband goes inside the helicopter and comes out through the window, and the predator went on top of the helicopter and is sort of like attacking him from Oh my goodness. So I mean they really go all, I mean they they re, I, I it cool. really looks like they love their job. Yeah. So <laughs> that sounds like like a legit job like a legit if predator ever didn't like happen in real life we wouldn't know like it would just be those two dudes. <laughs> <laughs> so next 
just your thing, wandering around in the jungle and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, it's super awesome. You know, we get there, we're like, la selva se lo llevo. It's so exciting. It's like, oh my God. And my husband's like, Arnold stood here. And I was like, yes, he did. So that was, it, it was really awesome. And, um, they really, I think the guys that take the picture with you, they really enjoy it. Like, there was a point where I was trying to get my camera on so they could take our picture, and I turned around, and then he made the sound. Yeah. And uh, as I turned around, he made the sound, and he scared me. Yeah. And I was like, darn it, I wasn't going to get scared. But, but no, it was, it was a lot of fun, and it was such a beautiful picturesque scene, and the water was really cold and beautiful and clear and so that's, that's my cheese de la semana. That's cool. Um, a funny connected story to that is in uh, when I was a young whippersnapper <laughs> in 1996 or 7, uh, uh, my best friend and I took a cruise uh, to Mexico. And the one thing that I remember about that <laughs> trip was that the taxi drivers kept wanting to take us to the jungle to see where they filmed Predator. No way! And I remember thinking, or we would say, who's going to go to the jungle to go <laughs> with these strangers? Like, we, we were so freaked out about it because every single taxi person wanted to take us to the jungle. <laughs> Well, now I'm kind of sad that I didn't go. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's changed because I did go, um, I don't know, about 15 years ago was the first time I went, and it was pretty rustic still and mm. everything. Um, we actually went up on a horseback ride, um, mm. which was kind of scary because there were some kind of cliffs of insanity while the, you know, the, the and I'm like, we're going to, I'm going to roll off this cliff with this horse. Oh my goodness. And, and I was freaking out and I'm like, I don't think it could carry me. They're like, the horse can carry about 400 pounds. You're fine. And I was like, are you sure? I'm not too heavy for him. So, but um, it, it was really nice. It was a bit, like I said, more rustic. There wasn't any zip lines or anything, but um, definitely I agree. I mean, when we, took the cab this time around the the cab driver was talking about um uh-huh. El Chapo I'm sorry El Chapo El Chapo uh-huh. and he was talking about the, uh, the Al Capone the right <laughs> uh, and uh he was talking about how um he had met the sons of El Chapo mm. and I was like okay <laughs> <laughs> what why are we in this cab? <laughs> why why is this conversation <laughs> happening? Yeah, it's like I just want to get there already. <laughs> and he's telling you like, oh, this like badge of honor, and you're yeah, like, yeah, oh, and I'm WTF? like, WTF? I know, mm-hmm. and and not only that, uh, um, because um, the main road was around. You had to go around like this kind of mountainous area, and then go up. So we thought he was taking us away from it, and mm-hmm. so we started freaking out. We're like, "Just leave us here. Just yeah. leave us here. Just leave us here." Yeah. He's like, "Are you sure?" No, just leave us here. It's okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. And um, but um, but it turned out really well. Yeah. Yeah, but I you're mean, right. Who wants to go to the jungle with Especially yeah. two young, in their 20s, Girl. females traveling by themselves. Yeah, oh. like, everybody wanted to take us to the jungle. <laughs> it's like, what happens in the jungle? <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, but I remember, yeah, to see where they kept, their big thing was to see where Predator was filmed. Mm-hmm. And 
You're like, no, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, it's cool. No, but it was it was a really good experience, and it just it's it mean it warmed my heart to see that uh, knowledgeable and and loving like all these you know sci-fi movies and comic books and everything. It's like a world thing now. Like mm-hmm. everybody knows who Captain America is. Mm-hmm. People know who the Predator is, mm-hmm. and um, so I, it just makes me happy that there are so so many of us out there now. <laughs> One nice. of us. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so my cheese de la semana. This is Kristen. Um, actually walked into the comic shop this weekend. Um, one of the producers of the awesome sitcom Fresh Off the Boat. Who who was it? Who was it? <laughs> producer, no. Oh, the, oh, the the producer. I, I got excited because I love that show. I love it. I I love it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Yes, I do too. Actually, I I just um tell them tell them, tell them what you told them. <laughs> okay, so since you love the show, you I know the, the opening uh, song. And so he actually came in while I was not in the shop. And oh. Eddie was like, oh, you missed it. Uh, a producer from Fresh Off the Boat was here. And I'm like, oh, man. And so we were talking about it, and he actually happened to come back. Mm-hmm. They had just gone to have lunch, and then they came back. And uh, Eddie said, oh, this is the guy. And mm-hmm. so he introduced himself to me. I'm like, oh, you're the Fresh Off the Butt guy. Because <laughs> that's what the song sounds like. I the mix. Fresh Off the Butt. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it's say Fresh Off the Butt. I was so there I to sing, witness it. I sing it that hilarious. all the time at home. And Eddie tells me, that's not what they're saying. I'm like, yes, it is. <laughs> but, um. So he came back, and um, he apparently had been sharing with my husband that uh, Boom Studios is doing a um, adaptation of a Fresh Off the Boat uh, for Pre-Comic Book Day, for a comic for Pre-Comic no Book way. Day. Yes, and uh, he was showing us some of like the rough sketches of the comic uh, cover and uh uh, what they were going to look like and the different characters and stuff. So um, I thought that was really cool that I had no idea that uh, they were doing that. In fact, I had looked at the lists of uh, free comic book day books that were available, and I didn't see that one. I must have just kind of glanced over it and missed it um, because I would have been super excited because that's one of my favorite sitcoms. And the cool thing um, to me, so those of you who don't watch uh, Fresh Off the Boat, it's kind of, um, it's kind of, it's a really funny story about a, a Taiwanese American family who uh, is, I believe, moved to Orlando, Florida, and it's uh, they're they're growing up in the 80s. It's the 80s. It's it's set in that era, and so um, the main character Eddie Huang is uh, uh, kind of just like trying to assimilate into. Um, not only uh, Orlando, Florida culture, but also, like, he's a big hip-hop fan. Huge. And so, uh, and so trying to kind of, uh, uh, like, um, fit that into his Taiwanese culture at home because they're very, very cultured in, you know, their food they eat. And, and the funny thing is, is the family owns a steakhouse. Uh, so they eat, <laughs> they eat noodles and rice and everything, you know, from their culture at home, but uh, they own a steakhouse. And so <laughs> it's really, it's really funny. And um, I think it's, ba- it's based on true actual things that happen in his life. But I don't know if he has a book. I think that it might be based um, on. I think it was a book in the slash like a, a skit. Like a did. memoir? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I really love this show. I mean, I, um, 
I know I'm Latin Americana, but still I can relate oh, to a absolutely. lot of the things that the yes. mom has the kids do. Yeah. <laughs> like you have to shop for the cheapest thing. Like you have to get the deal. Like uh, you know the 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 meme that goes around the internet right now is like you didn't get any presents. Water's your present. Roof over your head is your present. <laughs> like it's so amazing, and and it's cool because. I just I just love it because um, you see how the parents also are growing and also trying to um, kind of figure out this culture in yes. America. Mm-hmm. Plus, their their oldest son Eddie, who is like deep into like hip hop, and how they're trying to like okay, he's not like us, but he is our family. But you know, he's a good kid, and you know, I'm trying to figure out yeah. like who is Tupac and yeah. <laughs> who is Biggie. Um, so no, I mean it's just great, and it also has the songs in the background, uh-huh. and some artists yes. make appearances and cameos. So I mean it's, I love that show. I love it, and for you to have met a producer, I'm just like so jealous. <laughs> so um, more, not a, I don't say the cooler thing, but another cool thing um, is that the writer of the book is uh, is going to be Gene Yang, who is um, uh, an Eisner Award-winning writer. He wrote. Um, American Born Chinese, and also um, he writes the Avatar books, and also yes. Boxers and Saints. Uh, and he is going to be, he also is the writer on the new Superman series. Wow. Um, the, the series, it's actually new Superman, not uh, new Superman. <laughs> <laughs> it actually has, uh, it actually has a, on the A. No, no not the accent. It has the hyphen in between super and man. Yeah. And honestly, that kind of makes me uncomfortable. Like, he said, if you really listen, like, I was rapping about, like, 
Spider-Man and you know mm-hmm. stuff like that because oh, wow. he he's, he uh, he really lo- he's he's a Marvel fan uh-huh. because you know it's New York and you know so um, listening to him talk about his comic is just really just your it's eye-opening and I I just love he's like I'm just a nerd like <laughs> I'm just like really you're like so cool <laughs> you're that's just, interesting I've yeah. seen him at conventions a couple of times mm-hmm. and I um I. We had his book in the shop for a while, and um, then I don't know what happened to them. I guess we sold out, and they weren't available anymore, or we didn't reorder them. The one by DMC. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, I can't remember what it's called. I think it's called DMC. Is it? Yeah, okay. but I'm, I'm not sure. I'll, I'll look it up. Okay. So he, mm-hmm. one of the one of the members of Run DMC, a, a big hip hop group from the '80s. Okay. Jan, yeah. our young, our young little uh, Padawan. <laughs> I, 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 I have no idea what you guys are well, well, maybe, maybe it'll ring a bell. They were one of the first to record with, like, featuring a rock band. So they actually recorded a song with uh, Aerosmith. Aerosmith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Walk oh. This Way. Walk This Way. Oh. Oh. Okay. <laughs> and, and the... Light switch uh, is on. <laughs> yeah. Recognition hits. Yeah, yeah. I guess that they um and it was quite revolutionary. I mean, yeah. I remember uh-huh. when I saw the video, I was like, "What is this?" Like at first, I kind of like refused because I'm like, "How do you serve my rock with some rap?" <laughs> but then it was yes. just so amazing that you know now like Lincoln Park is out mm-hmm. there and stuff like that. So it's uh, even that's kind of dated, but I'm just saying that, like, just the, the merging of the two was, yeah. like, a real, it was a brilliant idea. It was. I don't know genres who, mixing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't know who came up with that, but that was a brilliant move. It was quite revolutionary when I was yes. young and heard it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what, what was it? Fall Out Boy and Wiz Khalifa did a tour together? Oh, yeah, I heard that, too. Yeah, that was legit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's called DMC. Okay. For a moment, I thought you were telling me DMZ, the comedy. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. I was just like, what? Like, I thought that was like a nuclear crisis. No. I was just like, okay, no. Oh, that's cool. Well, you should probably check to see if it's back in stock. And he's not uh, local, I don't think, so getting him to come into the shop would be a little bit of a a thing. We'd have to maybe... uh, See when he would be in the area already. Mm-hmm. Um, Con season. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I I had a chance to talk to him at the Long Beach Comic Con. Okay. Um, a few years back. Yeah. I think I saw him at um, Kamikaze when it was Kamikaze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before they changed the name. Yeah. And I actually heard an interview he did on another podcast called oh. Mr. Throwback Thursday. And okay. that, actually, if you want to hear about how his lyrics pertain to comic books, that's definitely a podcast episode to listen to. And I'll put that uh, link up on our page. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, this all ties into little Eddie Wong, who <laughs> <laughs> who is the... Uh, um, the main character in Fresh Off the Boat, and he is just so funny, and so uh, the the actor who plays him is um, amazing. But uh, all the actors are just really awesome, and it's really cool to um, to have uh, for me to have uh, a sitcom that highlights uh, an Asian family, Asian culture, um, be so successful. Absolutely, mm-hmm. um, the jokes are of. Uh, uh, freaking amazing yeah i can't stop laughing i love all the characters they have the you know there's not even the grandmother who hardly oh the grandmother (laughs) she's hilarious um their best friends next Uh door uh, it's just it's a great show if you guys get a chance 
please check it out. It's really good. It's a really good show. And actually, that's how I found out what Fob meant. When oh, I was growing up, uh-huh. they're like, oh, he's Fob, he's Fob. And I'm yeah. like, what the heck is a Fob? Uh-huh. <laughs> it means fresh yeah. off the boat. And I did not know that. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> Makes okay. sense years later. Thanks. It clicks. <laughs> like decades later. <laughs> so, Jen, what's your chisme? My chisme de la semana is pretty small, but uh, it has officially been announced that the Black Panther movie has started filming. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. So, they haven't said where. I'm uh, telling you, it's in Wakanda. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they have started filming in Wakanda, right this minute. It's in Wakanda. And another piece is that they have released the name of Star Wars Episode Eight. It's called Star Wars The Last Jedi. And this, this, I'm going on how things have gone. This is their version of Empire Strikes Back, so there's definitely going to be like a more so than Rogue One, which I believe we have all seen now. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> wow, so uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming they're referring to um, Luke Skywalker because he's still alive. Mm-hmm. But how could he be The Last Jedi if, if uh, what is it, Ray um, Ray is there? I, because exactly. I, th- I feel that the force is strong with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. So is he the last Jedi or is she the last Jedi? Yeah. So like, what's going on? Mm. What's happening? It could be something helpful too. It could be oh, like oh, like maybe the Jedi are no more. Now they're gonna start like a new version uh, of Jedi, something that is Jedi esque, <laughs> but not but not. It's another version of like the Jedi Order. It's like a new like the Knights of Ren I'm just kidding I don't know I don't know yeah like something else like just another like they're trying to get rid of the Jedi past and all like their loaded history and now they're trying to start a new something something new yeah it could be it could be that or it could be I don't know they both die or something darn it and (laughs) so how long will we have to wait to find out when is the this movie uh set to come um, out Star Wars Episode Eight is going to be coming out later this year in December, oh. as they did with Rogue One okay. and with um, uh, Star Wars Episode Seven. Okay. They're they're really keeping up with like the December thing. The really one, yeah. yeah, they were doing it for Christmas and all that stuff because that's when all the big bucks come in. Absolutely, yeah. and then the merchandise and so forth. Merchandise oh. and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a good plan, Disney. Well played, <laughs> well played. And it seems to be like in between the major ones, they're gonna be like, like right now this one's gonna come out. So in another two years, the next one is gonna come out. But in between that year and and when the other one comes out, we're probably gonna get like another Star Wars story like we did with Rogue One. I'm ready. I'm totally ready. Wow. Take Give my shut up and take my money. <laughs> <laughs> take my money if it's good. I don't want another prequel. <laughs> You know what? I'm just putting it out there. Maybe it's time Disney um, and Star Wars to actually remake the first three episodes. <laughs> you know what? I'm down for it. I'm down I'm, for I'm it. I'm ready for that. If yeah. you guys are down to write a, a nice one, get some good actors, get some great effects, I, I'm there. Please do. Please remake these. I don't think anyone mm-hmm. in history wants... Uh, remakes, but I'm I'm ready for this one to be remade. It wasn't even the fact that those actors were bad in 
in the prequels because they had what Natalie Portman. They had right. uh, uh, yeah. Who was the guy playing Obi Wan? Ewan, Ewan McGregor. Ewan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, like they they're they're acclaimed actors. It's just that they were given bad roles and a bad script. Quite mm. uh, Jin, you know, mm-hmm. Medicorian. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh The one theory. Uh, all this could have been avoided if Padme saw an OBGYN. Uh, <laughs> they would have known that she was having twins. They would have known that, uh, that she was going to have birth complications. Like, God dang. Uh, and a senator for an entire planet, and even she can't get good health care. <laughs> I don't know how many, like, eons into the future, and the uterus still out It's a mystery, right? It's still a mystery. No one yeah. knows. <laughs> I'm serious. You're absolutely right, though. I mean, come mm-hmm. on. I've never seen the prequels, so... Yeah, uh, you shouldn't. Let's just wait till the remake. <laughs> <laughs> In any case, uh, we actually all saw Rogue One. What did you guys think? You know, I, I and you can spoil it, uh, spoiler alert, if you guys haven't seen it, which I highly doubt because, you know, there's a lot of Facebook memes and so forth. And it's been about a month since it came out? It's been quite some time. Yeah, yeah. it's... A big, I think, yeah, a, a bit over a month, right? Yeah, because it came out in Christmas. Or During no, the no, it came out December 17th. Yeah. yeah. It is now January 20th. 20. Yeah. 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 I mean, when you think about it, like, it used to be, like, what, like, three, four months before anybody really ever saw a movie, like, first night or whatever. Yeah. And before you could really talk about it and <laughs> stuff, and it would still be in theaters. Yes. In, like, in three, four months. Now, it's just, like, if, if you haven't gone to see it the first day that's it. You're like, like, oh, what have, what, what have you gone to go see? <laughs> yeah. Oh, are you a real fan? And I'm just like, calm the frick down. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm gonna say I still haven't seen Doctor Strange, and I don't plan on seeing it anytime soon. I did go see Moana though. Oh, Moana. Yeah. Oh God, kill it. But anyways, back to Rogue One. Uh, Rogue One. I really loved it. I loved it not just because I got to see Diego Luna's beautiful face. Oh, <laughs> yes. Um, but it's just like it was. It was a very strong story, and the the diversity that they were able to include without like without utterly butchering the characters is amazing, and that they were included like God dang, we get another Hispanic in space like God, <laughs> y'all, y'all being good to me like in two successive years. Damn. 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 <laughs> totally, I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, um, I, uh, I, I've been a fan of Diego Luna and uh, Gael Garcia Bernal since they came out in tu, Y Tu Mama También. Oh, that's yeah. right. Back yeah. when they iconic, were iconic. Yeah, yeah, young whippersnappers, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and to see them grow up into these men with amazing roles. Mm-hmm. I mean, Gael is doing Mozart in the Jungle. Um, and then uh, Diego Luna with uh, Rogue One, man, he... His character was so complex. I mean, it was just yes, like he was uh, dark and he did things for the cause. Yeah. And mm-hmm. But at the same time, he had this compassionate heart. I mean, just um, his character development was amazing. And then I'm so sorry. It's <laughs> been so long since I've seen this movie. Um, <laughs> Jen, uh, she was just amazing. And I like the way that the character took you to where she was having struggles and then having her kind of accept the um, rebellion mm-hmm. and then having her just, um, you know, I wouldn't say cheerleader, but just be like balls out, I'm here mm-hmm. and we're doing this, you know. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so powerful. Um, 
it, I mean, she obviously struggled for many years with her past and yeah. so forth, and that was great. And I and I know that a lot of the characters that were featured in this movie were from uh, the animated series The Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, one of oh. the one of the um, issues was that they were saying that there's going to be a lot of of that backstory coming back from the cartoons. That mm-hmm. a lot of people were saying that maybe they should watch the cartoons, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm here to tell you it's not absolutely necessary. Yeah, but it it does help, but it's not necessary. But it Gosh, I, it was. Uh, I really love the fact that because the movie takes place before um, all the movies start, mm-hmm. um, I love how they match the grittiness of the film, um, the imagery. Mm-hmm. It, it matched. It, it was almost seamless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the way they they actually did this, where they actually uh, were able to build a whole story. Um, that matches right into the very first movie that came out, A New mm-hmm. Hope. Mm-hmm. Um, my God, I don't know. That's freaking magical to me. I mean, for me, I f- felt like my whole, you know, uh, geek world just exploded and my little heart was just pounding <laughs> and I just kept crying and crying. I'm like, I can't believe you guys did this. I mean, I didn't expect it. It uh-huh. was. Um, I'm so glad I didn't expect it. And when I saw it, it was. I was able to feel everything, mm-hmm. just everything. Yeah, and that's what I really loved about the film was that they were able to do the nitty gritty parts of a rebellion. Like, cause yes, this is like, you, yes. a, like this is a revolution that they're planning. Mm-hmm. This is an all-out full frontal f you to their version of the government, and uh, that shit happens. Shit hits the fan. You know, a few people die. A few people get killed and stuff. <laughs> or a few people aren't on board. Or yeah. a few people yeah. aren't on board. They're the passive people who won't do or say anything. Heads tucked down, don't see, don't hear, like all that stuff. And like it really got into like all that about the rebellion, but it still managed to keep that like hopeful feeling of it, especially towards the end with that great, great reveal. And oh it's just like, and it was God. really reveal. You know where it was going, yeah. where it was heading. But it was just all like ah, uh, like I know there's some debates going on about the fact that they use CGI to revive um, um the General Tarkin, yes, and Princess Leia at the end. And it's just like it, like it's a, like even now, like it hits you more because like they they, they were able to do Princess Leia yeah. as pure CGA while Carrie Fisher was still alive, yeah, right, exactly. and now she's passed away. So like, yeah. what's up with that? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. um, I believe they revealed. It's been said what the what what's up with what's going on with that, and the uh, Marvel Lucasfilm or Disney whatever, um, is still allowed to use her image. Oh, um, oh okay. In in basically for future Star Wars movies, so uh, I might be wrong. I'm gonna have to go and reread the article again, but I think they got the okay. Mm. Um, I also heard that her parts have already been filmed for this next movie. Oh yeah. Because that was, oh, okay. um, you know, that unfortunately, as like a fan of the Star Wars movies, um, m- once I heard Carrie Fisher was gone, I was like, oh my god, what's gonna happen with the movies? You know, yeah. that was like, yeah. a, you know, and. Um, I hate to say it, but I, that's one of the, my first thoughts that happened. And um, now that I know that most of her part was filmed for this upcoming film, mm-hmm. then um, and the the fact that they use CGI for this Rogue One, mm-hmm. um, it just it, it it just leaves a little glimmer of hope in mm-hmm. me. So I'm like, yeah, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I remember uh, I remember sitting in the theater, kind of dumbfounded and crying, and then I 
I told my brother, I said, should we sit here and see what's going to happen if there's going to be one of those little cups oh, yeah. again? Mm-hmm. He goes, no, Sarah, we already know what happens. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like when somebody said, oh, they should do a rogue, too. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. that's new hope. <laughs> <laughs> right? I was like, that was great. I, I read that on your thread, and I'm like, that was freaking magic. <laughs> so what did you think, Christian? Well, I actually am the last one of us to see it just because I've been so busy. And um, as I was watching it, just like Jen, I was super, super enthralled with the the underground inner workings of the rebellion and just, you know, like the double spy-esque type of things yeah. that... Uh, mm-hmm. what was going on and uh, uh, also, you know, the the council getting together and some being on board, some not being on board. And then um, with Jin being the one saying, you know, we have to do this and uh, and then going and doing it anyway. And then the scene where, uh, what's uh, De Luna's, Cassian? Cassian. Yeah. Uh, when his character comes up and is like, we're here to support you. And there's like all these people oh, there. Yeah. And all that the mercenaries? Just, oh, yes, that God. was just... Uh, a great scene, and my favorite character is the the robot. The K2SO! The K2SO! Yes. Oh, 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 new favorite droid! Yes. Oh, God. Absolutely. Uh, I he, love robots so much. <laughs> he was amazing. He was. Oh, and oh, man, um, spoiler alert, but that, you know, his demise. Yeah. I just, mm-hmm. I cried. Yeah, I oh, did too. That's <laughs> it. Like, that's when I started, I was just like, that's it, tears out, like, oh, God, like, that's, because when I went to go see it, I hadn't known the ending for it. Because I believe... No, I, went, I still went to go see it like a week after it came out because it was just so busy mm-hmm. and I wasn't able to buy the tickets and all that stuff. Uh, but I, had, I hadn't I had been on the internet for a week just to avoid spoilers and god damn, that, killed, that almost killed me. Um, <laughs> but I went, so I didn't know what, like, what was up. And But when K2SO... Like, uh, when he was gunned down and everything, yeah. utterly destroyed, that's when I realized, oh, shit, they're not going to survive. Yep. I was just yeah. like, I was just like, they're not going to survive. <laughs> yeah. Like, it took me a while just to, like, to really process. I'm just like, <gasps> like, I didn't believe it until, like, literally the last moment when I knew they could not escape the yeah. blast. Yeah. And I was still like, are they going to live? Are they going to live? <laughs> and they didn't live. And I was just like, ah, kill me. Unfortunately, I was robbed of that those emotions oh. because um, the ending was spoiled for me uh, in the comic shop. I was in the shop, and there was a little huddle uh, in the shop of people talking about the movie, which probably the very next day or, you know, not too long after it came out. And um, somebody in the group says, well, you know... I it was just inevitable that everyone had to die. And I said, excuse me, spoiler alert. And this eh, mother effort <laughs> had the audacity to turn to me and said, what, you haven't seen it yet? You work in a comic shop. Oh, I hate it when they do that. <laughs> like, excuse me, the reason I haven't gone see it is that this store is open right now for you to go shopping in. So if I had to go see it the immediate day after, well, it wouldn't be open and you wouldn't be here and I wouldn't have to put up with you. <laughs> you wouldn't have spoiled it for me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I knew going in. Eddie didn't know, so I didn't say anything to him. And oh, he was, hey. He, he was able to experience the, the full... Uh, the full blast. Blast. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> My God. But that, oh, man. Um, you know, a, a lot of people are like, you know, I'm glad there was no, like, like rushed love scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
But I kept every movie, every TV show, everything. I oh, even in comic books, I always it's like this waiting for the the ball to drop type thing. And I always, always, always am so happy when it doesn't happen, um, or at least it happens in a believable, realistic way. Mm-hmm. And so I was also happy that because for a couple of times I thought maybe they were going to try to force it, yeah, and they didn't. Right, right, exactly. And I really, really appreciate that because. You know, sometimes it's not romantic love. Maybe it's just like, I respect you. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you're an amazing person. Mm-hmm. And I don't have that clicking with you, but you're just amazing and we're going to die together. Yeah. yeah. You know? like, there's a potential there for something that if they had more time, if, right. they, had, if they knew each other, like they could go like, uh, like they could actually like form a relationship with them. The potential was there, but you know, they're going to die. They're in a rebellion. They're young. Like, let, let's die together yeah Yeah, i mean and there was a few times that there were like when they were in the elevator and stuff but um it was just strictly like you know it was there was no time for us to be like oh i'm feeling stuff it's time Mm -hmm. for us to act yeah Mm -hmm. this this you know this is a whole universe Mm -hmm. you know the galaxy that needs us i mean there was like none of that stuff that sometimes they force it on you, and it's like, why did you do that? Yeah. There mm-hmm. is just no time for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. And it's true. When you're doing something, when the immediacy of something is there, you don't have time to think about, like, relationships, about romance. Do I like this person? Do we have, like, could we be something? No, you're just kind of all, like, maybe you have an offhand thought, oh, they're hot, but I need to get this shit done. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Like, they're mm-hmm. hot, but I need to avoid this blaster being right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. Think, I, I can't deal with this right now. I right. think so often, though, in... Um, uh, movies of the past, um, writers felt like they had to validate a female's presence by making her in some way, shape, or form connected to the man. Mm. And so an easy way to do that is to create a relationship, that, mm. a, a love relationship between them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these movies, the, the um, Force Awakens and this one, the way that they have just taken the women uh female characters and made them so kick ass and made them just uh carry that role carry the movie in a way that was just so amazing it's just it's a trend that i never want to see and at all absolutely i completely agree i mean we saw with um it with uh i keep forgetting them their names i know there's jen ray ray (laughs) ray with ray and the and and the fellow we could tell that he's obviously smitten by her Mm -hmm. you know uh, but she's like you know no we're surviving yeah we Mm -hmm. gotta you know we gotta we got stuff to do I mean, um, that was um uh, for um uh, New Hope. That's what it was. Like there was no like ro- real romance or anything. There was just like the potential. And then they slowly built it up over two more movies, right? Where it became believable. Mm-hmm. And uh, I um I hope hopefully that's what happens in this one because I really would love to see Ray and Finn get together because they're <laughs> so cute. Uh, but like for I did really enjoy the I really do enjoy like the romance and everything took back was like settled way back because um like they they are fighting for their lives trying to they have a mission stuff to do or like exactly. a fulfilled mission so they kind of have to do like all these other things absolutely aside from that the imagery the music the graininess of the film that matches the first movies in the 70s mm-hmm. um just breathtaking Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think there, the, this movie could be better than Rogue One. 
Mm-hmm. I'm mean, not better than Rogue One. Uh, mm-hmm. Force Awakens. A Force Awakens, but it did. It kind of blew me out of the water. And uh, same for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that I, when I was first actually initially shocked was we were seeing how um, Diego Luna's character is Caspian. He's getting information from this guy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they're trying to be secretive, and they don't want the stone troopers to catch him. Um, but this guy's hurt, and Deoluna just shoots him down. Yeah. And I was like, wait, 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 what? Yeah. You're, aren't you, aren't you mm-hmm. the good guy? What the, yeah. what the hell is going on? Yeah. Um, but we see in, 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 in some of the speeches he made um, during, um, not, not really validating his actions, but like um, just just the dialogue he had mm-hmm. uh, where he uh, what he was doing and um, not really giving explanations except, you know, he was strong in his convictions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those were really powerful for me. Like mm-hmm. when she's like, you know, you just found the rebellion. I've lived it since I was five. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, try, get, quit trying to talk. You know, she goes, I don't have to. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you're so right. You're mm-hmm. so, you know, like, my God, you know, you, you know, he was just so complex for me, like as a character. I just felt like mm-hmm. amazing. I mean. I just, I loved it. I loved it. Loved it. (laughs) And I, um, before I had even seen the movie, I had seen a lot of feedback and articles written about the fact that uh, he kept his accent in the movie. And um, that was uh, such, to me, such a... a powerful thing, not in the movie, not for his character, but just for Latinos everywhere mm-hmm. to see representation in the freaking most, uh, you know, the the most successful movie of of the year in the most mm-hmm. successful franchise of of quite honestly, mostly probably the the whole of all time in mm-hmm. movies, and to to be able to see uh, that and hear their voices um, echoed back to them on the big screen, I think, was very important. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, he actually said, I don't want to lose my accent. I'm, mm-hmm. This is who I am, and mm-hmm. I'm keeping it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people resonated. Um, there's, a, I think there was a tweet. This one lady um, tweeted about taking her dad to see this movie, and yeah. he was just completely, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say grateful, but he was just, so happy yeah. to see mm-hmm. somebody that talks just like him being kind of a lead character yeah. in a huge movie in a humongous franchise mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and um and I think that's very genuine. I think that's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. And oh god, what else what else did I love about uh Faze Malbus and Chitter Imwe. Um uh the guy who was like, I'm one with the force, the force is Oh yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. oh. <laughs> I cried there too. I did too. <laughs> Talk about killer, like oh my god. Uh that one was so great because a lot of um uh another thing was that people were saying is the force draws from a lot of um uh like Buddhism, oh, like uh-huh. Tibetan like yeah. culture and right. like um, uh, from their mythology and everything. And um and mythology from their religion um uh, and it's um uh, and it's true and the fact that they finally cast an asian actor uh two asian actors mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. play this and to kind of be a representation of it without being full of stereotypes yeah was just like oh so amazing oh, and i when really loved it he was held at the end and then mm-hmm. the other one started repeating it oh, oh, I love their relationship. I mean, you know, they obviously, like, had this, like, 
great connection and um you know they had their own little quirks and jokes with each other and mm-hmm. little you know side nudges or whatever but in truth it was like a pure love mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. when he you know one of the characters died the other one was like i'm gonna cry <laughs> why do we always do this i always start crying um where he kind of was like you know i made fun of him for you know the mm-hmm. forces with me, I am with the force. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he took on that role. Yeah. And, he's like, yeah. and it was like, it almost seemed like in honor of his mm-hmm. his friend and his death and his life. And it was mm-hmm. just like the most beautiful moment. Yeah. I, I, again, right. <laughs> yeah. I agree. He's just like, I'm one with the force and I will always find you. I'm yeah. Like, oh, that's it. I'm out. <laughs> like, yeah. you, God. Yes. You that got, is, oh, yeah. God. Yeah, that is that is that should be the new like uh I love you I know kind of yeah (laughs) we should make t-shirts yeah (laughs) Yeah, I'll I'll make some with the Clorox the way we used to in the olden days oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) with the Clorox (laughs) definitely Uh, so. Uh, I'm just uh, putting a, a guess out there that uh, we all loved this movie. Oh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Very much so. I, and I can't wait to see what else they put out. Um, you know, I'll be standing in line and I'm like, here, take my money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely. Um, you know what? We actually didn't review the beer. We are actually drinking Bengali. It is from Six Points uh, Craft Ales. Um, this is a... Uh, a um, brewery in brooklyn new york and it's an american ipa it's 6.5 percent alcohol um the first time it came out it was during the summer of 2014 summer of 72 no um <laughs> 2014 and it's actually a continuous uh, brew um this is not a, a limited release um it's kind of a, a hop they're kind of splicing hop strains um uh, putting in a more juicy citrusy piney kind of um, kind of taste into this one. Uh, what do you guys think of it? Six points Bengali. Six point. Sorry. You know, I can taste the citrus in it. I, I was just drinking it, like, without paying attention, <laughs> but I just right now took a, a sip, and I do taste the citrus. It's very super hoppy. I think IPA lovers will love this. Um, but if you um, are more of a Belgian or a lager or um, Pale ale. a <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you drinker, you uh, it might be a little bit too much for you. Um, the hops are very very prominent uh, in it, but um, it's actually very tasty. Um, but yeah, definitely very very uh, strong, and um, I think uh, uh, made for those IPA lovers. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, if you like IPAs, you'll like this. Um, I haven't had enough experience with IPAs, mostly because I don't like them. Um, uh, Good call. (laughs) As you said, you can taste the citrus in it, like if you really put hold, taste it, and try to savor it. Uh, I tried to avoid that, uh, just like straight up, just straight up chug it, yo. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to taste those hops. Um, It's. Because it, it tastes really earthy to me. So we're yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, so that's, that I'm definitely guessing that's where that's mm-hmm. coming from. But um, um, there's flavor there. <laughs> there's flavor in between all that. The mm-hmm. more I've um, drank the can, it does. It is in a can. Um, the the I think less 
strong that has become, and mm-hmm. I don't know if that's due to the uh, 6.5 alcohol mm-hmm. <laughs> by volume, um, or just that you know your your taste buds kind of acclimate to it. But it's not bad. It definitely um, is a very tasty beer. But um, again, IPA uh, IPAs are definitely an acquired taste. I did not like IPAs when I first started drinking craft beer either, but um, I I like them now. Uh, and uh, they're not my go-to, but I definitely appreciate them. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Kristen did say that they do come in, in a can, and actually they end up looking like um, like a Red Bull container. That's what I thought, yeah. It's like, it looks like you're drinking Red Bull. So um, mm-hmm. maybe at your next picnic or day at the beach, you bring some of these, and people will think you're drinking Red Bull, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but, yes, like she was saying, uh, it's Incognito a... beer. Incognito yeah. beer. <laughs> Um, but seriously, yes, it does have, it's really a hoppy, it's, um, it really grabs your tongue, mm-hmm. um, and then as you keep drinking, um, it, it's it's a lighter kind of aftertaste, yeah. but definitely citrusy, um, it, it does have a kind of a refreshing tone towards the middle of it, and I think it tastes better once you let it sit for a while. I did too. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you guys give this brew? I give it a partial, um, for an IPA, definitely, um, it's it's good, um, very very full, very very hoppy, um, but I just uh, it's just so overwhelming for me. I mm-hmm. think so. Um, Maybe with some cheese and and yeah uh, and uh, grapes. Yeah, at all something to bring out the other undertone. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm going to give it a full, only because I'm, I am an IPA uh, <laughs> hobby kind of girl, um, and I really enjoy Six Point. Um, they, they have another one called The Resin, and I believe another one called Cloudy something. Um, but I really enjoy this brew. It, it comes in a nice uh, size for me uh-huh. that I can have, like, one and I'm good. You know, it's not too big. It's not too small. It's just right. Um, so I, I'm a big fan, so I'm, I'm going to give it a full. Um, I'm going to give it an initial because <laughs> <laughs> as, uh, as you have all seen whenever I take a sip out of this uh, Her can, face is amazing. My, uh, <laughs> my, my face contorts into a series of faces. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, not, I'm, I don't, I'm not particularly fond of the stronger beers, although for some reason I can down whiskey like there's no tomorrow. Isn't um, that weird how we can do that, right? <laughs> But um, I mean it's it, you can definitely taste the uh, the what's under there, and like you said, uh, it I could tolerate better once it was once it was once it had um uh, sat for a while, but uh, it's really just not my thing. So mm-hmm. initial for me. No, it's good. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Well, um, okay, so now we move on to, uh, what, what are we reading today? Well, I mean, what are we reviewing today? Well, I'm going to put this over to Jen because this was Jen's recommendation, and she's all about the all-new Ghost Rider. So. Yes, so we are reading All-New Ghost Rider, written by Trad, um, I'm mixing it, written by Felipe <laughs> Smith and drawn by Trad Moore, with colors by, I believe, Val Staples, and, um, yeah. And letters by Joe Karen Karen Magna. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, I have been a fan of this book 
since they first introduced the concept art parade. Let me just stop and tell all the listeners um, how big of a smile she has on her face right now. <laughs> She's very excited. Very She's excited. very excited. I love this book so much. I love the main character, Robbie Reyes, a lot. And I believe it's just... Um, they did an article for it on Marvel when just when they were doing all, a bunch of relaunches of a not, of a lot of newer um, uh, new superheroes when Kamala was starting uh-huh. when she was taking on the role of Miss Marvel Sam Alexander as Nova um, Miles. and Miles well Miles had already been oh, okay. there for a while but they were giving him a new book uh. basically like re-kicking revamping his uh, uh, his book and what he was doing because. Uh, it had been under the title of Ultimate right, Spider-Man. Right, right. And now it was Miles Morales' Ultimate Spider-Man. Okay. And then now it's just Spider-Man. Spider-Man, yeah. But um, uh, it was during that time, and uh, so they were introducing a lot of concept art. They were doing a lot of, like, oh, this is what we're doing, this is what we plan. And when they announced that um, um, it was going to be in East, uh, mostly East L.A. and Los Angeles, that had me hooked on board already. I was just like, yes. Yes, I have to say that I was not very interested at all in reading this book, but I turned it over before I started reading it, and as I, soon as I saw, the, the sentence in the back says, Amid an East Los Angeles neighborhood running wild with gang violence and drug trafficking, Robbie Reyes has been given an awesome new power. As soon as I read that sentence, I was in. Mm-hmm. Because I love... Stories, TV shows, movies, whatever, set in Los Angeles and specifically East Los Angeles, mm-hmm. um, just because the culture that is there and mm-hmm. just uh, the things that I recognize, the landmarks, everything mm-hmm. um, is just I love that. So when I saw that, um, I was actually I it, I immediately did a 180 and I got excited. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like it's a I really when uh, when. Robbie Reyes' ghostwriter was first introduced. Uh, uh, Felipe did get a lot of backlash for it. He was saying, like, oh, my God, he's writing a car. Like, that's not what a ghostwriter is. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, what is that? That's so dumb. Yeah. And the, he was even getting backlash. Why is he Latino? Ghostwriter's always been white, blah, blah, blah. And it was just like they, uh, they, they faced a lot of criticism, but they were – they basically brushed it off and were just like, well, we got the go-to, we got the permission, we're doing this, yeah. so basically uh, forget you and what you're doing, we're going to be doing our thing. <laughs> and it was it was a hit. It was a, it was a hit. It was a hit so much so that uh, this is the version that they decided to go with in the Agents yeah. of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, TV show, Ghost Rider, is Robbie Reyes there. Wow. Yeah. Nice. And it takes place in Los Angeles. So the cool thing about the whole origin of Robbie Reyes, to me, um, Felipe Smith was um, uh, interviewed as saying that he pretty much was given uh, carte blanche to do whatever he wanted. The only two things that they were told, that he was told that the editors wanted in this new ghostwriter character was that he was younger than all the other ghostwriters because all the other ghostwriters previous to Robbie were in their 30s. So they wanted a younger uh, character and also that he drive a car. Mm-hmm. That was an editor's thing, that they wanted to do something different. They wanted to do mm-hmm. something unique. Uh, and so the car was an editorial um, directive. But everything else 
was Felipe Smith doing? He's the one who decided to put it in East LA. He's the one who decided to make him Latino. He's mm-hmm. the one that really fleshed this character out from nothing. And so that, to me, in and of itself, after reading this book, is amazing. Yeah. And a little bit uh, of info about Felipe Smith is that he is Afro-Latino. Mm-hmm. That's part of the reason why we, uh, we picked this up is that he is, it comes from a Latino creator, and the main character is a Latino man, a uh, well, young man, and it takes place in East Los Angeles with a predominantly Latino yeah. um, uh, characters and everything. And it's just, it gets so detailed into everything and I just I love this book so much because it it and the art for it Treadmore's art is so good because like I love it it reads like I'm reading a story about myself or about somebody I know mm-hmm. it's another Luke Cage situation for oh, me yeah. where uh-huh. it feels like I like I'm familiar with the content and I'm not and I I love how they've done it and I so love the art for this because it reminds me of um, um street art it reminds me of yes, graffiti art yes it's uh-huh. like the dynamics how they draw the mm-hmm. women how how they like draw how they're fighting yeah. it looks like someone took a freaking a mural off of the east los angeles mm-hmm. and put it in a book yeah and the artwork is just so dynamic and it goes so well with the story and everything that is being done and it's so good like um the cholo culture and everything, yeah. the drugs and everything, the Robbie's relationship with his brother, it's so good. And what makes <laughs> it better is that, like, uh, like as I said before in Luke Cage back in our first episode, is that what I really liked about, I really liked Cottonmouth as a character because I knew boys who were like Cottonmouth. Oh, yeah. Earlier. yeah. And this is why I really love uh, Ghostwriters because I know boys, young men now, who are like Robbie Reyes mm-hmm. and who I can see, like I can see my brother in this, yeah. I can see my siblings, I can see my close friends, my cousins, and it's, ah, oh, I love this book so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's interesting how you brought that up about, um, you know, um, when you guys introduced the book as uh, our, our following, uh, our, um, our uh, reading material, I was... Um, I'm always I'm always apprehensive. I gotta yeah. say, <laughs> uh, one of the things that I I don't like is when um, uh, when they kind of throw too much of like the Latino slash Spanish slang, mm-hmm. or they kind of it's kind of they're trying too hard. I hate that, mm-hmm. and I was kind of afraid this would have that, but it doesn't. It's it really doesn't. amazingly written, and mm-hmm. I was really pleasantly surprised because it didn't um, it didn't overwash me with that kind of like I'm trying to be hood but I know I'm not mm-hmm. they were s- totally hood yeah. like mm-hmm. it was like genuine like yeah. I mm-hmm. grew up with guys like this that talk like mm-hmm. that you know um, I've seen this kind of culture and so forth and I really love the panels where they tell you where it's set like uh, now we're going to Boyle Heights and now we're yeah. you know in East Los and you know like <laughs> it kind of tells you a little yeah. bit sort of like Mm, I don't know. I kind of that's a little bit of a throwback to some cartoons that I used to watch back in the seventies, where mm-hmm. it's like, meanwhile, back in, you know. <laughs> and um, but it's it's done in such a tasteful way. I really love it, mm-hmm. and I also like it because in my head I'm reading the bad words, and they don't yeah, say me any. Too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> they don't say any bad words, but in the context, the way it's written, yeah. you know what they're saying. Yeah. yeah. So in your mind, you're already reading it, and it's all little like asterisk yeah. numbers and you know mm-hmm. so um i really like that because they are um they're keeping a pg-13 
um, you know, with the language, but at the same time, we're able as people who are educated and, you know, above, about the world and about, mm-hmm. you know, um, that we're able to still get the full blast of the story yeah. and, mm-hmm. and the full, like, you know, um, I guess the passion behind, you know, these, um, um, these sentences and what they're saying, these dialogues. So I really love that. Um, uh, Robbie Ray is, um, at first I couldn't peg him. <laughs> Like I didn't, um, I didn't quite understand um, because I, you know, I didn't read any backstory or anything. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I didn't realize Gabe was his brother until a little bit later, and mm-hmm. I thought that, you know, that gave him such a um, kind of a noble heart, you yeah. know. Yeah. But at the same time, he's not too goody two shoes mm-hmm. um, because he's going on a street race, and mm-hmm. so like, uh, <laughs> so like he's multifaceted, and that's one of the things I keep telling you guys that I really love about characters that you know they're not too good and they're not too bad, and they mm-hmm. can have a golden heart, but still kind of you know like take the car out for a joyride, mm-hmm. you know. And I really love that. I really appreciate mm-hmm. your cotton mouth um, analogy because I definitely see that here in Robbie's character mm-hmm. in Cottonmouth. You, uh, I mean, in um, in Cage, Luke Cage, you see. Uh, Cotton Mouse um, childhood and how he was brought into the life mm-hmm. and brought into that underworld and he as a child had aspirations of being a musician mm-hmm. and yeah. um, and he had talent and he had talent mm-hmm. but was completely um, you know that was completely sidelined by his, his family's quote unquote business mm-hmm. and here. Um, like you said, he he's you're saying he's not too much of a good guy, not too much of a of a bad, of a bad guy. Um, I I see it, um, and I've seen this before in real life in uh, working with the girls that I used to work with in the organization um, uh, with uh, when I worked with girl, gang girl wait gang involved girls, um, where a lot of times out of necessity and here Robbie's necessity is he is raising his brother mm-hmm. um there's no parents around who's disabled who is disabled yeah. yeah and um and so he's doing this this drag racing um to make money to provide things for his brother who needs you know special chairs and special education and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. and i saw that oh so often in the girls that i would work with after they were already um, in jail, uh, in probation camp, or in juvenile hall, where you really talk to them about what their motivations were for a lot of the crimes that they committed, and they were pure of heart motivations. I mean, I worked with girls who had uh, felonies because they were stealing cars to sell them to raise money because, in this particular case, um, both of her parents were HIV positive, and they didn't have the money to afford the medication. medicine and so she was the sole breadwinner because her parents were so sick so often and there were um two younger siblings that she she that was what she chose to do i mean she was a 15 year old girl um you don't have a lot of options out there for you to make money when you're 15 years old she lived in the hood she had all these quote-unquote opportunities around her and she took them Mm-hmm. And so seeing this storyline with Robbie and, and him getting into that um, underworld of drag racing and the mm-hmm. gang involvement and all that kind of stuff um, mm-hmm. really resonated with me. Um, and I really, really 
enjoyed um, how, you know, that kind of that part of the story um, evolved. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like, and, and it's, it, I, I really love how it subtly tells you that he's kind of pure at heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, the subtle fight, you know, like standing up for his younger brother when they stole his his uh, wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Um the fact that his substitute teacher said, you know, I know that you're raising your brother and I know you have a job, mm-hmm. you know, at mm-hmm. an auto shop, but you still keep your grades up. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that shows real character and discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, and because, you know, he made these choices that obviously got him killed. But we all know how, you know, we mm-hmm. know how the ghostwriter is. I was going to say, mm-hmm. I don't yeah. think you have a, a fiery mm-hmm. head without mortality being questioned. You know, he made this, this this choice, you know, but like you said, you know, he, he had good intentions and um, it just went horribly wrong. Um, but you know that uh, with this subtle little movements in the story that this is a good guy, mm-hmm. you know, um, standing up for, you know, good. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe not like wearing a cape and tights, but, I mean, he's standing up for, you know, the good that mm-hmm. he feels inside. And that obviously comes from somewhere. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So in that sense, I really loved it. And I, like you said, I love the artwork. It's so dynamic, and mm-hmm. I think and there are some parts that you don't even need dialogue. That is just, yeah, just no, yeah, it just kinetic, jumps, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> just jumps at you, and it's mm-hmm. wonderful. And you know, you were mentioning there's a different colorist. The colors as well, they're just mm-hmm. astounding. I, I really loved it, and I really, um, I really like that. You know, like um, I really like how they are also kind of um, showing you how his brother is, Gabe, yeah, who mm-hmm. um, who obviously can't walk, um, and he also has some kind of learning disability. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. not sure what, because they don't even tell you what it is. You mm-hmm. just know there's something there. You see his innocence where um, they're eating mac and cheese, and he's like, mac and cheese is so delicious. Yeah. I made it yeah. all. And it's what gets me every time is when he says, oh, like, Robbie, you're my hero. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, oh God. God. <laughs> like, oh, my God, that's so pure. Like, leave, leave me here. That's it. Yeah. This kills the woman. Yeah. <laughs> and not only that, I mean, they're sitting there eating the mac and cheese, right? And he's all, like, enjoying his mac and cheese. And then mm-hmm. they go, Robbie, firecrackers. He goes, remember what we yes. said? Mm-hmm. No plane outside when there's yes. firecrackers. Yeah. Because honey, it's not firecrackers; it's gunshots. Right. Yeah. Yes. But that's yeah. how that's how amazing he is towards his brother, and how much mm-hmm. love he has for him. You know, and his patience. That you know, because sometimes dealing with kids with um, learning disabilities or um, autism, or you know, like even Down syndrome, it's really hard to maintain um, kind of that. Um, um, good outlook or you yeah. know, have the positive mm-hmm. all the time you know sometimes you're just like oh. mm-hmm. like but he he sticks with it he yeah stays that he's way doing it all by, by himself. himself so it's like really commemorable and i'm loving that they're writing a character such as him mm-hmm. and he's a ghostwriter yeah, <laughs> that's what i really really love this this book especially like scenes like that like um they, he did get some criticism about the fact that it was like, oh, like, whenever something, a story is done about Los Angeles, it always has to do with gangs and stuff. And I'm just like, well, it's kind of, well, it's, <laughs> it's, it's still kind of relevant. Okay, um, look, if you leave, if you live in East Los Angeles, I'm going to tell you right now, 
There is no way that you are not affected by gangs. Absolutely. In one way, shape, or form. Whether or not you are personally involved in a gang, you are a gang member, you know a gang member. You're related to one. You're related (laughs) to one. You see the gang violence in the streets. You have death in your immediate family or friend circle. Mm -hmm. You are affected by gangs if you live in East Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And there's no way around that. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that um, the depiction of the gang members here um, are, it's, I really like, too, where there is a, um, there's a car crash and there's kids involved, Mm -hmm. a school bus, and those guys go to save the kids. These mm-hmm. these people That's who right. you would just assume or think are bad guys, mm-hmm. they go and, and they also have morality. And they they're do. like, we can't leave these kids. We have to save the kids. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing so often that I think people just completely overlook when they hear gang member. Mm-hmm. They don't hear human mm-hmm. uh, who has been put into a position to make horrible choices and to do horrible things mm-hmm. and um, whatever you know they might have done or may be doing there is some humanity there mm-hmm. and so I liked I really enjoyed that part of the story where they they showed some real um, some some real compassion uh, from the gang members exactly mm-hmm. I completely agree with that because I mean even when we watch movies like for instance like just throwing it out there like when we're seeing uh, Deadshot and how he has like this you know, he kills people for money, but yet he has his daughter, and that's like, he has to kill his heel, and, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, that's just everyone. We all have that. We're all, you know, capable of being either really mean and cruel, but we're still yeah, going to have absolutely. that. We're still going to have that humanity that centers us, mm-hmm. our brothers, our sisters, our nephews, our sons, our daughters, our dogs, <laughs> you know, like, um, no, and that's, again, one of the things, multifaceted, you know, I liked how they show all of it. They mm-hmm. don't just show one thing and, like, criminalize it. I mean, you know, these mm-hmm. are people, too. Um, yeah, and you're absolutely right. That was one of my favorite parts, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That is definitely one of my I just love this book, and I love the subsequent issues that came out. And they restarted it again with the same creative team. But it's just, I, I love this book so much because it gets, uh, I feel like it understands, like, not only, like, what's up, what's going on in Los Angeles and everything, but it really revitalizes a character mm-hmm. that before I had absolutely no interest in. Yeah. Especially <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. I completely agree. Especially after the, the Ghost Rider movie with Nicolas Cage. I um, never saw that movie, but it looked I, so silly. Oh. I didn't think you were going to bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm bringing it up. I'm calling it out. Like, especially, like, after that, like, uh, it's just like, I'd heard about Ghost Rider, especially working in the comic shop, especially being a fan of Marvel. He yeah. like the actual Dan Ketch and Johnny Blaze. Like you've heard of him and I'm just like I'm just like, Oh, that's cool. There's like other cooler characters too as well. So I was just like eh. and um, um there there's was more interesting characters, like uh but when they announced this they I was just like, Okay, I I'll read this and it made me more interested in the Ghost Rider character itself too because uh, later on in the series, this would be in volume two. I uh, have read all <laughs> all of them. Um, they they introduce one of the actual ghost writers, oh. and um, and they really get into it. And like in it, what I really like about this is that you really don't need to read like 
50 or 20 plus years of coming right, to yeah. understand it because he kind of explains he, he nails there's just what the ghostwriter is and it's like and if you're interested you can go back and read about the ghostwriter or you can just keep with this and like you get all the other ghostwriters that well. was one thing that I um had read after I read the book I was doing some like you know uh, research about um, stories that um, and interviews that Philippa Smith had done about the book before it came out and um, after I read what he said some of the things that happened in the book made sense um, I didn't realize because I didn't know any ghostwriters before that there is a, a, a bean or some sort of I don't know like mythic creature that uh, in the in the Ghostwriters previous that made them ghostwriters. I don't know mm -hmm. if I'm explaining this right, but that Satan. <laughs> Satan. It was it was Satan. But that um, <laughs> but that it's not the same for Robbie. Yeah. And you um, see a glimpse of that in here when he comes up against the um, the uh, hide guy at the mm -hmm. end, or somebody who says, "Wait, you're not the you're not him. You're not mm -hmm. the same one. Who mm -hmm. you know? Who are you?" And the the weird thing that's talking to Robbie in his head's like. You know, Robbie's like, know. what was he talking about? And, mm -hmm. and the thing's like, I don't know. I don't know what so, he's talking about. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so there's, a, there's little hints that uh, he's not the same. Yeah, he's not the same. He has similarities to yeah. that, um, uh, the main villain for this, Mr. Hyde and Dr. Zabo. Uh, they say like, oh, you smell different. Yeah, like, but yeah. you guys have basically the same powers. Kind of. So, thing. from somebody who's uh, continued to read, do we get a little bit more um, backstory about what is going on with him? Yes, we do. Um, we get the fact that the name of the spirit that possesses the car and that turns uh, Robbie into uh, a ghostwriter. His name's Eli. And he is the ghost of a, of a deceased uh, Satanist slash, um, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. whoa, <laughs> uh, um, um, slash, he's uh, a Satanist, and he was, like, also, like, I believe, like, an assassin or, like, a mercenary. Or something. Oh, okay. So he was, uh, he was a hitman. Gotcha. Yeah. And he was actually the uncle of Robbie. What? Spoiler alert! I mean, well, if you see, if you if you saw Agents of Shield, um, the one of the main differences is that um, um, is that uh, Eli is alive, and oh, okay. uh, Eli, Eli is alive, and he is actively like taking care of Robbie and Gabe. Um, Gabe, uh, in the TV in the TV show, he is in a wheelchair. However, he doesn't have any learning disabilities or anything mm. like that. Um, um, but like Eli is alive, and at first you think he is a good guy, but he's not. Uh, so yes. we kind of get the same thing. I don't want to really spoil anything, but the second volume is about uh, the fact like uh, who is Eli, okay. and is he good news or is he bad news? Gotcha. And even in this first book, when he's just like, you need to burn everything. Yeah. You kind of get the yeah. feeling that maybe he's like, he's not the He best. was definitely the little devil on the shoulder. Oh, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> I believe he's yeah. like, I could tell you who they are. I, yeah. I know where to find them. I know where to find just them. Just trust me. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's how I felt. Like, that's how I read and the And on voice, the other like, little oh. shoulder was his substitute teacher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. The good substitute teacher. Yeah. 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 That was pretty cool. Uh, so, aside... No, but yet connected. Um, Johnny Blaze, was he also Latino? No. Okay, so, and there is an Amanda Blaze? Yes. Uh, she was actually, I believe 
she was in Ghost Races, the okay, the Secret Wars event that happened yeah, in Marvel. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think there's anything more about her. She was created specifically during that event, okay, which was also written by Philippa Smith, right? And came up with like a bunch of other new characters. Because I feel like I read that she was Latino, but I didn't know if she was connected to the original Blaze, the original mm, Johnny. I don't think she is, but she was super interesting. I think she was half Latina, okay, and half Asian. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. But I'm not I'm not entirely sure. I'm gonna have to brush up on that. Well, that would definitely sure. be something interesting um, if they brought her back, mm-hmm. um, and especially if he's still on the project. That's cool. Yes, he is, and I'm just so excited. It's, just, <laughs> uh, it's so good. Well, I have to say, I was not interested at all, um, and I was very very had a, a low bar. Um, <laughs> but I ended up really really liking it. And um, we'll definitely continue to read it. Um, it has me interested, the whole, um, like, mythology of the old Ghost Riders has me interested to mm-hmm. learn more about them and to um, read how they're kind of, uh, how how that might be a connection in the future stories that you said that one of them comes back or mm-hmm. is going to come back or something. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, in in uh, we were talking about last week, uh, last time we recorded, that, uh, we wanted to share with the audience what one of our favorite parts in the book was. Oh, yes. so um, I'll start because I was looking for it. <laughs> um, my my favorite part is where they're actually eating the mac and cheese, and um, you know, obviously, uh, Robbie Reyes is taking care of his of his um, of his brother, and he's like just munching away on the mac and cheese but um you see how Robbie's face um like he's carrying like the weight of the world on him but yet he's still kind enough to his brother which I thought is this is one of my favorite parts um I'm not I'm not sure why but this one just really I when when I saw that I was like this is my type of guy this guy's cool (laughs) he's cool in my book so that that's my favorite part was that uh, you just, um, the, and that actually shows a lot in the art. It's just uh, the the look on his face, like his expression. Um, it's sort of like I'm tired, um, I'm a little annoyed, but <laughs> I love you, brother. Yeah. Here's your mac yeah. and cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, still, <laughs> he makes the patience yes. to still be kind to his, his brother. brother. Yeah. yeah, and that's my favorite part. Although there's a lot of other wonderful parts. Like some mm-hmm. splash pages on some a lot of a lot of uh, fire and crashing and death, but that that by far that's what drew me into this comic. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure, and that's my favorite part. And I give this. Um, did we do one, two, three conchas or one to four? We did one through three, but okay. If you want to put four conchas? On <laughs> I, I'm, I'm I'm all about it's four conchas for me, and they're all chocolate. definitely those are my favorite well i definitely i think i already shared my favorite um my favorite part of the book and it was when um the 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 guys were uh all getting ready to fight in the street and through the shooting it it caused a, a school bus to crash and turn over and um while the the guy uh, I don't remember what his name was but the oh Huero 
Oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was like, come on, we got to get out of here. I, I'm, I'm not trying to catch a bullet. And the rest of his, his uh, guy friends uh, are just like, we have to save these kids. And to me, that was like just it, – it, it, it was awesome to me that they, the writer was showing the humanity of these kids who are out there fighting in the streets, shooting and selling drugs and all this <laughs> stuff. But at the end of the day, they're going to save the kids who are in trouble. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I am also going to give it four conchas. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of my favorite scenes is actually when he's back in school and he has just shaved his head. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, that's right. Yeah, when he shaves his head and he's called on by the teacher along with Widow and he's just like, like you both are very charismatic and you the, the people in the school look up to you. Mm-hmm. He's like, what are you going to do with that? And yeah. he gives them a choice. And I think uh, I really like that because I have actually seen that. Me too. Like I've, I've seen that happen. And like you, I know people like that who mm-hmm. were given a choice. And some of them are like Widow. And they're like, like nah, like I'm gonna do my thing. And some right. of them are like Robbie, who's just like I have something and yeah. I'm gonna do something. Also, I like the scene when the two girls comment about him losing his hair, and they're just they're just like, why is it always the cute ones who always like shave their heads? And I'm just <laughs> like, I'm just like, girl, I feel you, I feel you. Not only that, because I had an exact conversation like this with a friend, because way back in high school when. For some reason, I did not have a crush on boys. I wonder what that <laughs> was. <laughs> there was one boy who I was just like, oh, he's so cute. And he had, like, curly, like, kind of longish hair. And mm-hmm. he was the cutest. And then he shaved it. And I was just like, ah, oh, I'm not digging it anymore. <laughs> well, you know? at least he was in high school and he made that conscious decision. Um, I see parents shave their little babies heads all the time mm. and uh, they say some so i think it's a latino thing where they say that if you shave the head it's gonna the hair is gonna grow thicker or whatever yeah that's not true people <laughs> <laughs> that's an old latino wives tale yeah <laughs> it is or it's um, another thing is just like i have like i put i've been wanting i've been trying to get my little brother to grow out his hair because i think he looks handsome with longer mm-hmm. hair but my mom was just like ah no it's niña like and uh, she's just like like so she always when they go to the barber shop and so she's just uh, like cut it short. How know? old is he? He's what is he's thirteen now. Uh, he's gonna be. 14. He's gonna start pushing back soon if he hasn't oh. already. And he's too much like me. <laughs> we, just, we came so fast. We're just like uh, uh, we don't like. I just don't want to put up with him. Uh. So. <laughs> so I um, don't have to guess how many contests you're gonna get. I give it the entire freaking panaderia, um, and it has like uh, an entire termo of champurrado. Like that, it's, it's lit up in here. Uh, that's a, that is my opinion. Maybe a little bit biased. Yeah. Well, thank you for recommending this. Yes, book. it was really good. Thank you. Yay, you're Absolutely, I totally enjoyed it. Absolutely. So uh, now we're going to uh, see what is on the radar. Do you have anything on your radar, uh, Sarah? Um, yes, actually, um, it's a follow-up from. Um, it, it was a follow-up from Chisme de la Semana a few episodes ago um, that I said that I was going to start reading the iZombie trade paperback from oh, Vertigo. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually ended up ended up reading it uh, like a few weeks ago. And um, I only started reading it and picked it up because I am a big fan of the CW yeah. TV show. 
Um, uh, let me say that it's really disappointing when when it does. It's nothing yeah. like the show. It's a completely different mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. Even the name of the main character, Zombie, is different. Um, the vertical trade paperback wasn't um, unpleasant. I really liked it. Yeah. It had mm-hmm. kind of an archy feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, you know what? Yeah. That's very accurate. Yes. Mm-hmm. A very archy feel. Um, and I... Um, I really liked it. I did. There's a lot of more. There's a lot more characters in this in the trade paperback. Um, most, I think, all of them. None of them are in the show. Yeah. I do like the show, and I like the direction the show is going, and I like um, the changes they made. But I think that they would have been better off just calling it t- something completely different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not associating it with this comic book. But I feel that. Um, Yes, it's a really good comic book. I really liked it. I really want to know what happens next. <laughs> and I probably will read the next trade paperbacks. But I am in no way associating it with the show at all. At yeah. all. They're completely two different entities. And it's really weird because when I purchased this trade paperback, right on the bottom left-hand corner of the book, it says, um, series coming to the CW. <laughs> and um, and so that is really uh, misleading. Yeah. But... um. Um, either watch the show because the show is very good. Um, I think they're coming back with the new season in March, um, or or and or uh, get the trade paperback because it's also very good. Um, I really enjoyed the artwork. I really did, and I really like the the way the story is going, and I like the development of the story and how the characters came to be what they are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot more uh, monsters and demons and you know like cool stuff like that in the comic book yeah you know what i read that long time ago before the cw even came out and when i was just barely starting to get into comics and i um i definitely got the buffy feel right from the buffy slash Mm -hmm. archie feel yeah yes absolutely and i think it has more similarities to but with buffy Mm -hmm. absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah i mean there's you know vampires yes there's werewolves there's you know mummies Mm -hmm. zombies Mm -hmm. i mean there's you know, and it's uh, it's it's quite a packed, quite packed with a lot of interesting characters, which I really liked. But again, it has absolutely nothing to do with the show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely nothing. But I do I do still like the show, and I like the direction those characters are going in. But the only thing they have similar is the name, yeah. the zombie. And no, I it. love the show too. I really mm-hmm. like it a lot. It's very campy. I, it's it's very yeah. fun. Yeah, I like how they. Use a lot of um, what's happening around the world, and you know, like um, they use it on their show, and I, I really enjoy that. But yeah, that's um, that's what's on my radar. Okay, cool. Uh, so for me, what uh, is on my radar is a comic book called Kinsey. Um, it is published by Fanbase Press, which is a very small independent publishing company that publishes creator-owned um, properties, and uh, Kinsey just released their very first issue on January 15th, and it is a story about Lupe, who is um, getting, as the the title um, hints, she's getting ready for her quinceanera, and um, as she is uh, celebrating her 15th birthday, she not only is having this great, great grand time at her party, but she discovers that she has superpowers. Um, but it's related to being 15, 
And so um, she discovers that her superpowers are going to last for a year, the year that she is um, going to be the age of 15. So um, I, this came on my radar a while back when they first announced it, but it came on my radar again this week because um, we had uh, Fanbase Press into the shop on Sunday to do a signing for a different comic that um, I'll talk about at another time because it sounded really cool. But um I thought this was really, really super awesome because it's not only a book that has a uh, Latino, Latina uh, character in it, but it is highlighting a super major, big uh, cultural phenomenon um, in the Latino culture. Uh, Quinceañeras for for, uh, Latinas are a really big deal. Mm -hmm. Good Lord. Yes. (laughs) Um, and this book, um, when you read the, uh, the summary really seems to, uh, really emphasize diversity, um, family, which is a big deal in the Latino community. Um, and the most important, uh, thing to me, female empowerment. So, um, the creative team is, uh, has released it only digitally on Comixology. Oh, really? Um, they, the, the entire series is going to be 15 issues, uh, and, um, they are releasing an issue every month on the 15th of that month. So, so far, the first one is on January 15th, and the next one will be coming out February 15th, and so on and so forth. During the summer, they are going to release a three-issue, um, altogether like special summer issue um, so that at the end of the 12 months it'll be 15 15 uh, releases so uh, and then the trade paperback will be released in October but if you're interested in reading the single issues they're available every 15th of the month and uh, right now the first uh, issue is available and the most awesome thing about it is that they are available in both English and Spanish what yes oh my god that's so awesome yes that's so, really cool. It's uh, the it's Quince by Fanbase Press, and you can get them on Comixology. Excellent! That is so cool. I, I I'm I'm going. <laughs> I'm actually <laughs> gonna look right now. And see how much it costs. <laughs> All right. Uh, so my uh on my radar is actually Ghosts by Rena Tel. Oh, yeah. yeah. By Rena Telgamir. Uh, she is the. She's, I believe she's won an Eisner Award, yeah. I think for, so, yeah. Yeah, for her uh, work on Sisters mm-hmm. and um, uh, Smile, which is in all, both are all, and drama. Drama. Mm-hmm. And drama. So she's, uh, she's an award, uh, Eisner Award winning um, um, artist slash uh, writer, comic writer, uh, and she mostly does straight to graphic novel works for all ages. And now Ghost is actually, um... Uh, it features around Day of the Dead, and oh, uh, wow. the main cast is a Hispanic family, specific to Hispanic sisters, who are kind of like dealing with the Day of the Dead and their culture, and just like why, why it is that they do mm-hmm. like these rituals and everything, and they actually come into contact with the ghosts of their ancestors, and uh, and just be, and they kind of go on an adventure with them, and it's it's very cute, and I think it's a really good way of explaining Day of the Dead and the importance of it. Yeah, and it's uh, I cannot recommend this enough. It's I've really heard good. really good things about that story. I had no idea that um, it was um, a Hispanic or Latino family. Yeah, so that's right awesome. That's super cool. Mm-hmm. So is it? Um, they're just uh, they're just issuing their first. Um, 
No, it's, it's, it's already been released. Oh, it's already it's been released. It's, it was straight to graphic novel. Yeah. yeah oh, okay, cool. So it's a, it's pretty big. It is an all ages book. Um, so the language is not entirely complex. Uh, but it's a, uh, it's pretty big. It's pretty big. Uh, since it's like it was, it's, it's a straight up book. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's pretty good and it's really good. It's a, uh, she she does a really good job of explaining Day of the Dead and uh, without her being, I think she, she isn't Hispanic. Yeah, I don't think so. No, she uh, she isn't Hispanic, but I think she she does a good job with it. It doesn't seem patronizing, and yeah. it's really good, especially for an all-ages book. Cool. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, just an FYI, Quince, the first issue is 99 cents on Comixology, so hey. what a deal. It's cheaper than uh, a, a cup of coffee, guys. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And they have, like you said, the Spanish and yeah. the English version, uh-huh. and they're both 99 cents. So Cool. Pick it up, guys. Mm-hmm. Well, that brings us to the end of our episode. Yeah. So, um, any shout-outs or any commemorable mentions? <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely always um, find us on Instagram at Comadresy Comics. Same thing uh, at Twitter. Uh, just tweet us at uh, Comic Comadres. Uh, ask, ask us any questions or if you have any recommendations, we are here and we are willing to listen. Yeah. Actually, we did have a recommendation from a listener on, and they contacted Contact, contacted us. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's been a long day. They have con- uh, English. Um, they contacted us via Facebook, and they have suggested reread Kaliman. Oh, which is yes, yeah, that's right. Kaliman. Yes, and uh, Kaliman is a um, Mexican-made um, superhero, um, and he was really huge during like the 70s and 80s. Um, there were comic books or comic no- novelitas. Um, that were published, um, and um, it was like all that 1950s kind of mm-hmm, art with the mm-hmm. muscles and you oh, know the, yeah. the clean everything, clean cut. Yeah, you know? it looked very like happy. Like Frazetta art with like Conan the Barbarian. Yes, yeah. exactly. Kind of dig it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, uh, and uh, everybody in Mexico pretty much knows them. Um, I have uncles who grew up reading those comics, and then they went ahead and. I believe they did TV shows, much like the oh. uh, Batman uh-huh. 1960s kind, oh, of, hey. kind of style. So, um, so yeah, I'm very excited to actually actually find out about this character. Um, so, thank you so much for that suggestion, and uh, we're gonna go out and look and see if we can find some comics and maybe read. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. So, thank you so much for listening and give the feedback. Really appreciate it. Um, if you get a chance, review us on iTunes. That'd be super cool. Um, we will be posting the link to the uh, Mr. Throwback Thursday DMC, Daryl DMC um, interview. And um, I'd like to shout out other comic book uh, podcasts out there. There's Mint Condition Comic on a Source. Um, there's also uh, um, Fangirl, uh, Tech of the Fangirls are really good. Very funny. Cool. And um, also... Um, Negro Justice League, which I completely mm. enjoy, and mm. I really appreciate that they actually try to keep their show PG-13. So, uh, <laughs> and I know how hard that is, so yeah. special mention to that. Um, so, yeah, definitely um, take a listen, listen in, tune in, and uh, again, any suggestions, really happy to get them. And thank you again for that listener who suggested Kaliman. I can't wait to read it, and I can't wait to talk about it. Cool. Thanks. Me too. Thanks, guys, for listening. We have been your host, I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Ciao. Bye. Bye.